Hey there, Laura here. For the month of July, the podcast team is going to be taking a summer break, but don't worry, there's still going to be new episodes. For four weeks, we are jumping back to share a few of the most viewed sessions from the past Church Mental Health Summit, and I can't wait to share some of these fantastic talks and resources with you. And I'm excited to share that the 2023 Summit is open for registration. Over 50 speakers from around the world are coming together to equip the local church to support the mental health of their leaders, of their churches, and their communities. So to check out the four tracks and all the the speakers, go to churchmentalhealthsummit.com. From Hope Made Strong, this is the Care Ministry Podcast, a show about equipping ministry leaders and transforming communities through care. Supporting those in your church and community not only changes individuals' lives, but it grows and strengthens the church. But we want to do that without burning out. So listen in as we learn about tools, strategies, and resources that will equip your team and strengthen hope. I'm Laura Howe, and welcome to the Care Ministry Podcast. The show today is a flashback to one of the top viewed sessions from the 2020 Church Mental Health Summit. We are going back in the archives, but we're doing it because it is such an amazing talk by Joelle Mom. Now, Joelle is a founder of Summit Leaders, where he uses outdoor adventure and leadership coaching to help people find their calling and pursue vision for their lives. He draws skills on that he has learned as a master's of counseling and a counselor as he leads pastors to places like Mount Kilimanjaro, Machu Picchu, and the Grand Canyon to create transformational experiences. I think just being there is transformational, but coming alongside someone who uh, was a skilled counselor and is a leadership coach, man, that would be an epic adventure. Having a few conversations with him prior to the summit, he identified that he hears commonly words like frustration, irritation, or anger, where, and this is, these were common ways leaders would describe what he would classify as anxiety, depression, or mental health struggles. In this talk, he bases on his book, where Joelle gives a simple framework for understanding the root of all anxiety and anger and gives insight into how to turn these emotions into a tool for walking in the fullness of all that God has for you. Now, this talk is fantastic. I'm telling you so many nuggets that if you're not driving or running or multitasking in some way, you might want to grab a notebook and take some notes because it is so good. I hope you enjoy. Well, hello, my name is Joelle Malm, and I'm the founder of Summit Leaders. I do outdoor adventure training, leadership training in the outdoors. I have a master's degree in counseling, uh, but after I got that master's degree, I quickly learned that I don't actually like clinical counseling. What I like is taking people into the outdoors, and uh, the formula for what we do is something my friend Mark Batterson laid out. He said, change of pace plus change of place equals change of perspective. And that's what I'd hope to give this, this uh, in this session that we're going to call Love Slows Down, Anger Speeds Up, How to Get Anger Working for You. It's based on a book I wrote called Love Slows Down. It's right behind me there. Um, how to Keep Anger and Anxiety from Ruining Life's Relationships. In the book, I talk about the connection between anxiety and anger and how all anxiety and anger have the same three sources. There's one of three things that makes 
every person on the planet afraid or angry. And I'll unpack that a little bit in this session uh, as we talk about it. And I, my goal for you is that you will get a maybe a, a really simple framework for evaluating some of your own anxiety and anger. And through that insight, being able to help those that you're in contact with as a minister or counselor or whatever the role is that you help other people, uh, help see that it's really kind of comes down to three basic things. So I'll get started with that. Uh, basically, the, the thing about anger, and I talk about anger, I never wanted to become the anger guy, but in my own challenges with anger, I was a very angry teenager, had a lot of my own struggles with dealing with anger, trying to figure out you know, it, how to keep it from messing things up. I remember I would just explode at anger, and I remember thinking, if people wouldn't do such dumb things, um, they wouldn't... I, you know, I wouldn't get so angry. And I had a lot of moments, experiences from my past. I remember one of my not so finest moments. I was a drummer in a band in high school. And I was so upset one time about how the sound was at a concert we were doing. It was a little small thing. You know, in my mind, I'm like a rock star, but it was a little small event we were at. And uh, I got so mad at the, the sound guy that actually threw my drumsticks across the room at him. And the first time that this guy who became my mentor uh, had ever witnessed me or ever met me was in that. He, he had walked in and he saw me throw my drumsticks across the room and I he said that he, he turned to his wife and said if that was my son I would beat him and my dad just happened to be sitting in front of him at this thing and turned around and said that might be a good idea uh, it's something he brings up to me over and over again and, and here's the thing I know about you there's a good chance that in your life you've got some regrets that are based around some frustrate some frustrating times where you did something when you were very frustrated or anxious or maybe angry and you look back and go ah oh, I wish I would have just slowed down a little bit, thought it through, and not reacted that way. We all have moments that we regret because of anger and anxiety, but it doesn't have to rule your life. Anger and anxiety don't have to rule your life. And what I've learned from studying through the years, trying to get through my own anger, working through my own issues, uh, and working with a psychiatrist, a very renowned guy named David F. Allen. He's a psychiatrist in the Bahamas, kind of flies below the radar, but he has some great insights on anger. What I've learned about anger, and you may already know this, but it's, it was a huge insight to me, is that anger is always a secondary emotion. Um, it's, it's always a response to feeling a threat or feeling hurt. So anger isn't a sin. It's just a sign. It's like maybe like a, a notification on your dashboard that something lights up, and if you ignore that light on your dashboard for too long, um, you're going to have some problems. If you don't look under the dashboard and say, under, look under the hood and say, what's going on here? You're going to find some problems showing up. And then people might say, well, did you see any warning signs? Uh, yeah, well, the light's been on for a little while. Well, that's what anger is for us. Anger is simply a sign that something needs to be addressed. When we get angry at something happening inside of us, it's all, or excuse me, if we, when we get angry at something happening to us, it's always because of something happening inside of us. The external is a result of us feeling a threat on the inside. And, and it comes down to these three things. All anxiety, all anger come from feeling a threat to either our security, our connection, or our control. Now, now let me explain that. A security is your sense of financial security, emotional security, even physical security, your safety. You want to be safe, and we all need that. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you for, for, the, for needing that. We also need connection. We need relationships with others. We need to know we're valued and esteemed, loved by others, listened to, seen, heard. And we all need to feel a sense of free will, control in our lives, a sense of empowerment. We can make choices. We can change our situation in life. And we were actually made by God to get to have to need those things. So there's nothing default or faulty, excuse me, in you because you need those things. Those are things that God created us to make. Of course, 
to need. Of course, he created us to need those in the context of his love. So before sin entered the world, if you think about it, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had all of that. They had security, perfect security. They had perfect connection with God so much so that he walked with them in the cool of the day. And they even had control. He said, hey, you got the run of the place. Make your own decisions. Just don't do this one thing. Of course, we did the one thing we weren't supposed to. And at that moment, sin entered the world. And the first you know, emotion you see that shows up in the Bible after sin enters the world is fear. God comes looking for Adam and Adam says, man, I, got, I realized I was naked and I got afraid. And we've all been dealing with fear ever since. And, and what's fascinating, if you look at the biblical sequence, fear shows up in Genesis 3 and immediately after that, anger shows up in Genesis 4 in the sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel. So we've got this connection always between anxiety and anger, and it always comes back to this, this the, 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 the issue is always when you get angry, it's a warning sign saying, look, you're looking for security, connection, or control in some way, and you feel that it's being threatened. Now, of course, the reason I wrote the book Love Slows Down, and I called it that, is because you're never going to get those needs met from any person, from any job, from any amount of money in the bank. Uh, from anybody you know. It's not about who you know, have, what you own. Who, none of that will give you the perfect fulfillment of those things. And when we look for those things, security, connection, or control, and anywhere other than God's love, we'll always be feeling ang- anxiety and, and uh, anxious, feeling anxious and worried, and it will eventually lead to anger. Now, I know some of you what's watching this, a good bunch of you saying, well, I don't really get angry. And I hear that a lot. And here's what we found. People that are sensitive to that connection corner, wanting to get connection, they don't like to call it anger. They prefer to call it frustration. And that may be you. Uh, My wife's that way. She says, I don't really get angry, but I get frustrated. And frustration is simply a sign that you're feeling a threat to your security, connection, or control. And if you say you don't get angry and it's frustration is the word, um, there's a good chance that connection is your thing. So real quick, if you're saying, "Ah, I'm not so sure if I agree with all this, there's a test you can take uh, online. I'll put a link up for it. It's called whyamiangry.info. It's a test we created around this book. And you can take this short little test. It's like 18 questions. And it'll hope, hopefully, it usually it's pretty good at pointing to the area where you're probably a little bit sensitive, that security, the connection, or control. Mine is control, right? So whenever I get angry, it's always related to something affecting my control. So traffic makes me go crazy. Traffic is this thing that I, I just, I, I know it's coming, but I still lose it in traffic. And, and it's not because my security's threatened. We're going like seven miles an hour and I don't feel my unsafe driving seven miles an hour. It's not because I want to connect with people in the cars around me and I can't do it. No, I have no desire to connect with the people in the cars around me. It, the issue is I feel unempowered. I feel stuck. I feel like people are limiting me and I can't get to where I want to go. And then the worst part with traffic is when I get to where the slowdown was, I can't figure out what caused the slowdown. It's like, why did we slow down? So controls the issue for me. But what's fascinating is the same situation can create anger in different people for different reasons. My wife, she tends to get frustrated in traffic, but it's not because of the traffic. She gets frustrated at my response to the traffic. When I get all angry, she's like, I'm going to get out of the car and walk home. And the, the, the thing is, She's, she sees that time to, for a good time for connection. We've had to slow down. We're sitting in the car together. But I ruin it because my anger is causing all this anxiety and stress in her, and she just gets frustrated. So the same situation can cause anger in different people for different reasons, but it all comes back to you either feeling a threat to your security, connection, or control. And you know we're all unique. We've all got different experiences. Some of it's nature. That's the, the natural tendency that we have, of how, what, the way we see the world. And some of it's nurture, some of the way we were raised, up, brought, brought up. Um, 
things we didn't get as kids that we maybe should have gotten from our parents. They just, you know, our parents passed down to us things that they learned. And if they haven't learned anything more, we're not going to learn anything more unless we seek insight. But we don't have to live in anger. We don't have to let anger rule us. And this is where anger becomes a gift. It's a fascinating gift because if the goal is always to find our sense of security, connection, and control in God's love, then anytime we feel anger, it becomes a warning sign, a a, a trigger essentially saying, hey, you're seeking security, connection, control from a place that you're not going to get it. The only place you're going to get the fulfillment of that is from God's love. So what it actually becomes, anger becomes a gift pointing us to areas of our life where we need to surrender and realize, oh, I've been looking for it in some place that's never going to give it. And then we return to God's love. And here's the beautiful part about it. If fear is what's driving our anger, because, you know, at the source of all fear is that security, connection, control thing, not getting that. Um, if fear is what's driving our anger, I love it. It says in First John, perfect love drives out fear. And only God's love is that perfect love. So that perfect love drives out our fear, and that's where we can begin to walk in peace and joy and hope. And I believe that this little framework, it's so simple, but I believe it's so powerful right now because it explains so much of, example, what's going on right now around our world, specifically in our country. We're uh, seeing so much political division. And if you want to look at this from the framework of political division, everybody here wants the same thing. We all want the same thing in our country, security, connection, or control, and we're arguing about how to get it. Some people are afraid that the other side is going to take their security in the form of their guns or whatever. Or Again, this isn't a political statement, but it's the reality of the psychology. If, if security is a big thing for you, you're worried about anybody that's going to threaten your security. So a politician that says, I'm going to protect your ability to defend yourself with guns, there's the security thing. For others, it's the connection thing. They say, I don't want our country to turn into this harsh, cold place where we don't welcome refugees or immigrants or those who are struggling. And it's going to become this draconian rule of order and law place. And those people tend to lean one way politically. I won't point you to which one it is. You probably already know. Others, it's the control thing. I'm not going to have the government telling me what to do. That's the kind of that libertarian mindset. And so much of it that what we argue about, we all want the same things. But what we're arguing about is how do we get those things? And And then, of course, the media feeds into the idea that somebody wants to take that from you. The other side wants to take that from you. And it leads to anger. And here's the thing about anger. Anger anger leads to to action, which is what people want. It's hard to get people to move, if you've ever noticed that. As a leader, it's hard to get people to take action on things. But there's one emotion that promises that, and it's anger. Anger gets people driving. But what happens with anger that's so dangerous is when we get angry, it actually causes us to lose IQ points. When we get angry, the the activity shifts from the prefrontal cortex, that's the rational part of your brain, to the cortex, that's the more primal fight or flight part of your brain, which is why anger speeds up. If love slows down, anger speeds up because what we do is we immediately go, fight or flight, I'm gonna run as fast as I can away from this or I'm gonna attack this as fast as I can. And we go primal, but we're not thinking rationally, which is one of the challenges of dealing with an angry person. When you're dealing with an angry person, um, you're not going to be able to rationalize with them because rationale has gone out the door. What you have to do is you have to let them calm down a little bit. You have to do this with your own anger. You cannot deal with things in the heat of your anger. It's gonna cause destruction and chaos. What you have to do is you have to look for the primary emotion behind it because anger is a secondary emotion. 
It's a response to something that's happening inside of you and it's a threat to your security connection or control. But you got to nail down what that primary emotion is if you want to resolve the issue. So maybe you felt threatened in the area of, I felt embarrassed, I felt humiliated, I felt out of control, I felt belittled, I felt helpless. What was the emotion you felt right before you got angry? And when we deal in that context, we can actually help people walk through their anger and we can walk through our own, but it starts with admitting that primary thing we were feeling. If we just go with the anger and we're just angry, 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 we're not going to resolve anything if my anger is butting up against your anger. We have to consult our own anger and say, what is going on inside of me that I feel threatened? Because only when you surrender that and look for it in God's love are you going to be able to resolve this. And that's, the, that's really the hope of, that we have in our country now is that if we can get a little bit of insight on what's driving us, recognize we all want the same things, but get a little insight on what's causing your anxiety and anger. Is it a threat to your security, a threat to your connection, or a threat to your control? Recognize that and recognize the patterns to your anger. There's always a pattern to your anger. It's usually the same thing that makes you angry over and over again. And if you can consult that anger and say, what is it that's always a threat to me? For example, with me, when I get angry, oh, I know something's threatening my control. You take a deep breath. All right, Lord, I know something's threatening me. It's my, something about related to control. And then you take the time to surrender that to him. And that's where the rubber meets the road in this Christian walk thing. Is, you know, it's a lot easier to act like a Christian than to react like one. And we only react like a Christian when we've done the work of consulting our anger and letting it guide us to areas of our life where we haven't surrendered to God in that area. Because again, he's the only one that's going to provide those things for us, the security, connection, and control. So that's kind of the foundation of this. If you want more, uh, if you want to dive more into this, the book is called Love Slows Down, How to Keep Anxiety and Anger from Ru- Anger Anxiety from Ruining Your Relationships. There's also quite a few um, version Bible app devotionals that are free. There's one called Calming Anger, another one called Facing Off with Fear and Anxiety, and another one called Love Slows Down. Those are available on the version Bible app. Um, if you'd like to get more information about those books, you can go to joelmalm.com, J-O-E-L-M-A-L-M, Com. I hope this framework has been helpful for you to, to maybe kind of get a little more insight on where anxiety and anger come from so that you can not only help yourself, and we usually can't lead people beyond where we've gone in our own work, but also help those that you lead. And I believe that God is going to do some amazing things in your life when you're willing to consult that anger and say, okay, what is that anger pointing? What's that dashboard light saying to me that I need to surrender to God? Because it is all about surrendering to God's work in your life. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. You're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. He has planned. He has a purpose for you. The best thing we can do is begin to to unpack the insight that these emotions bring to us and begin to help us Uh, help use them to point us to areas of our life where we have not surrendered to God. Because when we surrender to God, He can take us places we never even dreamed. And that's where it starts. And that's my prayer for you. I hope you've enjoyed this short session. And uh, again, I'd love to hear from you. Feel free to contact me on joelmalm.com, J-O-E-L-M-A-L-M.com. You can check out the book, um, or there's also those resources online. Have a great conference. Hey, thanks for listening. I hope you were encouraged by this session. It can be hard to identify and name mental health struggles, and they often come out as secondary emotions like anger. But I love how Joel simplified what feels like a really complex emotion or feeling, and he offers practical steps and tools. And if you like this session, you're going to want to sign up for the next Church Mental Health Summit on October 10th. Registration is free and it gives you access to all 50 talks on World Mental Health Day. Just go to churchmentalhealthsummit.com. Thanks for connecting. Take care.